Hey, everybody, it's your girl DJ with Plan for Keeps podcast. If you're a first time listener of the show, welcome. And if you're a fan of the podcast and have been listening for a while, I truly appreciate the support. To support the show further, please like, subscribe, comment, or share an episode you feel resonates with you that may resonate with someone else to help spread the word. If you really enjoy the show, consider becoming a Patreon. This will help me in continuing to make content like this for the podcast and our dating app, Plan for Keeps, that's focused on self-development, awareness, love styles, emotional intelligence, sex, and attachment theory. Hey, welcome to Playing for Keeps, the show where we take a deep dive into emotional intelligence, sex, love, adult attachment theory, mental health, therapy, and everything in between that creates great relationships. Your host, DJ, is a certified life coach and emotional intelligence practitioner. She's here to be of service to all the listeners interested in love and relationship. Now, here's your host, DJ. Hey, everybody. It's your girl, DJ, with Plan for Keeps podcast. And today I have a special guest. Her name is Aiko. She is a life coach who happens to be a mom and a wife. Um, She has studied people for years, but it wasn't until she became aware of life that her light came on. She went to college to be a social worker, but it didn't fit into the box. She knew her mission was greater than her vision. She started life coaching because she realized that if she can teach understanding, then the seed sown would blossom a new flower. Today, she is here to help me elaborate on the topic, why does childhood affect relationships? How are you today, Aiko? I'm doing pretty good. I'm glad you made time to come on the show today. Okay, awesome. So before we dive into the topic, my first question that I ask all life coaches is, Basically, what motivated them to start this journey? Like, I know um, I read that the light came on for you. Was there a certain situation, a scenario, or what What was that light for you? So my light came on when my brother passed away. Okay. 2012 was a huge year for me, and I was going through a divorce. My brother passed away, and life was just nuts, and... When we experience death, there are certain parts of our spirit that is like, okay, now I have to redefine who I am. I'm not this person with this person anymore. So my brother was like my spirit. He was my protector. He was my he was my light. So I didn't have to be this person that I am now because I felt like once if I was attached to him, then I was good with the world. So when he passed away, it's like, okay, you got stuff to do now. You are, you got to be a big girl. So I decided that I was going to grow. Not only did my brother pass away, but I had small children. So my baby was five and my son was three. My daughter was five and my son was three. So I had work to do. I had to grow. I had to make life better for me, for them. Because if my light was dim, dim, then theirs would be too. And that just wasn't like. Gotcha. Okay. So do you think that's what pushed you through 
the grief and not to say that you fully have gotten over because I know grief can come at any time. But do you think your children is what helped you push through that period and realize that you had to grow or was there something else? No, definitely there. Um, my daughter is an amazing light. She is everything that is not perfect with me. She is perfect. My son is my challenger and he makes me think about life differently. I love that. I have two very different versions of me at that time, but there was work within self. So I was simultaneously working on self and being a good role models with them and trying to grow and heal. Got they it. really really to me. I appreciate them. I have to tell them like I love you. Yeah, like you made it. Yes. OMG. Thank you for sharing that. So speaking on <clears throat> healing, right? Um uh, when I think about dating and relationships today, I always use the phrase the phrase the dating pool has P in it. This is a <clears throat> this is a dating and relationship podcast and the topic is why does childhood affect relationships? And a lot of, in my opinion, um, we a lot of us need to heal from childhood, even if it's not like big T traumas. Like we still have had things happen to us that affect us in our childhood that affect our adult relationships and why we don't move in healthy ways. So I'm glad you came on so you can kind of help me elaborate that because there's so much to unpack with that statement. So what are your thoughts on that? Okay, so at 25, I got divorced. Okay. Um, which was huge. But because I didn't, my parents had got divorced. So statistically, I was set up for a failed relationship. Um, because as a child, my parents, they were married. But then at five, their um their divorce was finalized. Okay. So, um, which is crazy because I just told you my daughter was five at the time. And when my divorce was finalized, she was five. Everything goes full circle. So as a child, I didn't see a healthy relationship within my home, much less my grandparents who had been married for 43 years at the time of my birth. Um, that, that wasn't a healthy relationship. I grew mm-hmm. up um, in a family with nine uncles and three aunts. Wow. Never seen a healthy relationship within all of these family dynamic situations as a child growing up. So I didn't see it. I've never seen it. I, I dreamed about, dreamt about it, but actually seeing it and putting different pieces of the puzzle together to make them fit and work, it didn't happen for me as a child. Got you. Okay. And then I, I think you made a good point because we all can visualize and dream of a healthy relationship, but actually fit in the puzzles and pieces together to actually make a healthy relationship work. What would you say a person would need to do within themselves in order for that to happen? Because I feel like consciously, like we all know consciously what to do. But I really believe because of things that we've been through subconsciously, we move in ways that makes it complicated. So what kind of work would you say people need to do? Oh, you got to start with self. So I'm in amazing relationships now. But if I took it back to that time, we just talked about this too. Um, 
we weren't looking for each other. We were looking for self. It's nuts. It's really understanding self. Because if you understand self, then you can you can elaborate with the partner, the dating pool. Hey, this is who I am. And this is what I'm looking for. So you set a level of expectations on what's needed for a healthy relationship with you. But there's also self-development and interpersonal skills and coping. And he, it's so much that you got to understand. It is. Okay. And that, that it's, it sounds simple to do, but at the same time, it's so hard at the same time. What, what, when you're coaching somebody, what would be the first step you would say? I know it's going to sound crazy, but my first step is always to breathe. Mm -hmm. In life, nobody teaches you to breathe. We're just doing it. True. But if you did it the right way, when you're in these situations, you'll be like, okay, life makes a little more sense now. I got it. So first thing we're going to do is breathe. The second thing we're going to do is we're going to make a list of things about your identity that you know. And then we're going to make a list about things that you want in a partner, but things also that you're willing to sacrifice about yourself in order to mend with the partner. Let me let me ask you a question about that. So when you say, what are you willing to sacrifice? What do you what do you mean by that? Because I know or what do you mean by that? Let me ask you that, because I know some people feel like. They don't, they shouldn't have to sacrifice. Could you elaborate a little bit on what you mean by that? I could, a couple ideas come to my head. Like um, maybe like I have a, me and my friend were talking um, recently and with her, her childhood dynamic, she never seen a healthy relationship either. Like her parents weren't, <coughs> excuse me, ever in the same household. So sacrificing like she wants that healthy relationship. She visualizes living with a man, being with a man, loving on a man, but to actually share space with this man day in and day out when she really dug into that thought, it was scary for her. I know that would be a sacrifice for her. Um, could you think of any more like people probably don't really think about? Um, the hugest one for me would be... Um... I guess it would be submission to sum it up. You sacrifice your confidence in subject matters. You sacrifice your your level on the platform. If that makes sense. Gotcha. Let me let me make it make sense. It, I get that. I get what you're saying. We let's elaborate on what you mean, and then we can go back and forth about it. So, um, when we talk about masculine and feminine energy, right? women who are really defensive and who maybe are, they're really defensive. They usually are people who are maybe business-minded. They're really knowledgeable. They go out, they go get it, which is amazing when, which is something that men, you would think a successful woman would think a man would appreciate that. You know what I'm saying? I come with resources. I come with this, I come with that. But also those women are so, worried about their own dreams, their own ventures, their own men. Some, a lot of men who are the men that they want, right? They are successful, that are doing their thing. They want a woman who can kind of submit in a way in that one. But where's the balance though? So am I, am I hitting on what you were saying? Yeah, 
Okay. How do you how do you coach a woman to feel good about that? Feel safe to do that? Because I also feel that that leads that's to childhood too. Like I can talk about my own experiences of not feeling like I can depend on anyone. So for me to totally relax and, and trust and you know that that's pretty hard to do. And I know for the longest time, and I'm still kind of rewiring my brain. Why wouldn't a man appreciate somebody who has the capabilities of leading as well? You know what I'm saying? So the first part was how would I teach a woman to trust the situation? Right. Well, it's really training your partner to lead because the dating pool had P in it back when I was dating. <laughs> so I needed to teach him what I needed from him. So if I needed him to be more financially aware, then I probably, the way to teach him would be me communicating that. Gotcha. So I can't have expectations. I can't want you to do something if I'm not communicating what it is that you need to be doing because they don't they don't come with manuals just like kids. It has to be a specific conversation about, hey, I can't do this, but if you think you can do this, then great. But if you can't, then we both need to work on it together. So, and then the self-confidence in us women is just like, sis, either he's gonna be able to do that or he can't. And you have to pick the higher road route, like, what can you do that he can't? You got to compromise. You got to fit the balance. It's really our thinking. I hate to say that, but I have to think about it in several different ways. Got you. Okay. I like that you actually coach people to set their expectations verbally and not just totally walk away, but you really teach them on communicating and really trying to work it out with somebody before like, okay, if he's not ticking all these boxes automatically, then they, then he ain't it. <laughs> yeah, let's go back and rework it. I, I believe in a pen and a piece of paper. I'm sitting here while we talking with it so that I can get all my ideas out. But you got to communicate it and then write it down and evaluate, is this going to suit me? Like, let's not waste time. We don't have time to waste. Let's make a plan, see if the plan works. If it doesn't, then, hey, we got to figure out some stuff. It's going to work. Yeah, figure out when 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 is a point where it's like okay, this isn't working. Like we when there's anger, <laughs> when there's anger, there <laughs> anger has different levels. But when the anger becomes physical, when the anger reaches the emotional level, and you've tapped out and shut down, 
then there's there's some talking. You can't talk to somebody who's shut down because one, they're not breathing, and two, they're angry, and you can't talk in anger. Right. Right. Absolutely. Okay. Um, that is true. Now going back to like, so when someone's angry and they shut down though, and they stonewall, do you work with people to even break through that? Because I feel like that also comes from just a a lot of different reasons for why people do that. Like, because that's not a good form of communication at all. But it's, it's, I'm a stonewaller. <laughs> I will shut down. I will put ice on your spirit. You will sit there. Um, and I do it because, one, I have anger issues. Okay. And I don't want to ever have to say something. because, And I know I'll say something very spiteful and hurtful. Okay. So I've taught myself to be quiet, to be very quiet, not even just quiet, you know, physically, but quiet mentally and emotionally. I will shut the door and I don't want to hurt you. Um, and I, I did learn that it's, an, uh, it's like emotional warfare. So it's like, I'm not going to say nothing to you, like absolutely nothing. And it's part of childhood. It's part of childhood and it's, it's a safety mechanism for well, it's definitely it definitely sounds like you you stonewalled probably after. So it sounds like you stonewalled after, you know, you've said your piece and it's just not working. I know some people just completely stonewall like they shut down. They don't even tell their partner like, hey, we need give me some time to revisit this conversation because this this, this is not going to go well right now. Like some people just. They don't even want to talk about it. They completely just stonewall. And then hopefully they just pray it passes in a few days and things go back to normal, which is also healthy. Like you are internalizing all of those emotions when you do that. And I know that I that happened to me and my body to the toe on it. So I had to literally get it out of my system. Like I gotta be a big girl. I I know what I'm what you're gonna say to me is gonna hurt. But I need it right now so that I can be better going right. forward. So saying I'm sorry. I don't like saying I'm sorry anymore, but <laughs> <laughs> so how did so how did you get to that point? Like where you realized like when you stonewalled and you felt it, like you said, internally, like in your body, like how the situation bothered you, like so I am a self-diagnosed ADHD. I know okay. my brain was differently. I got to the point to where I could feel it because I started having that internal dialogue, like, girl, your stomach hurt. Like, that, you know you bad. Like, you real bad. You're not even eating your food, you bad. And I'm like, you're right. You know, like, Issa, like, girl, don't do that. Don't do it. I started feeling it everywhere. And I was like, okay, here comes. It's going to work. This won't work. You gotta let it go. You gotta be a big girl. You gotta have a conversation. You gotta mm. be able to take criticism. You gotta be able to be ready to do the work because you don't want to keep walking around with ulcers or PCOS flare-ups or right. you don't want that. Like get it together. Like, do you want to grow? Do you want to heal? Yes or no? So yeah. got you. Absolutely. You brought up an amazing point. So I know like in past episodes, I would tell people like, say, if you're communicating with somebody and it's a heated discussion, like before you open your mouth or before you 
stay quiet just for a second and really pay attention to the signs in your body. Like your body really, there's a book, I think it's called The Body, Your Body Keeps a Score. It really does keep the score and pay attention to how you're feeling. Like before you say something, you might make a rash decision and try to cut somebody off and it's not even that deep. A fear of people who are fearful avoidant due to their childhood or you might get super anxious and try to do something crazy because you're clingy and you want that person to stay around. Like really sit with yourself for a second before you do anything and really feel your body and feel those emotions and think through them before you respond. So you made a really, really great point. Thank you for sharing that as well. So just to just to wrap up a little bit, just your thoughts in general on why does childhood affect relationships? Just tell me your thoughts around that and then how as daters and people in relationships, how they could just be do better, be better and be more aware. So childhood affects relationships because for one, if you don't have a healthy relationship with your mom, then you're gonna struggle with relationships with women. And if you don't have a good relationship with your dad and your mom is your caregiver and she has adverse emotions about the situation, then subconsciously she's gonna pour them into you. Mm. Um, if your dad never wanted you, you know, you're, they weren't in a healthy relationship and you're gonna absorb those emotions of having a parent who never wanted you and you're not supposed to be here. They talk about karmic children all the time. And on top of not having a, seeing a healthy dynamic, you grow up in two different households. So then now you have four parents instead of two. So mentally you're having to adapt to the behavior patterns of mom, dad, stepdad, stepmom, right. stepdad. And on top of yourself and who you are. And that's only saying or putting into perspective that these each households are safe and loving and warm environments. Because when they're not, then you're seeing additional dysfunction. So then you have the dysfunction after dysfunction, not to mention your aunts and uncles and grandparents. Right. So there's so many, you have so many eyes that you've watched go through unsuccessful relationships. And people in this day to do better, you gotta go to counseling. You gotta build your support team so solid that when you turn left or you turn right, you still have somebody who is inspiring you to see healthy relationships and they want better and they're not out in the world breaking down people and hurting them because of a, a physical need or a lust or any of the other fantasies we see in the world. They're right. Really before they come together. Right. Okay, absolutely. Let me ask you this, Echo. Where can the audience find you? Okay, so um, my husband and I have a podcast that we're working on. It's called Self Development, Self Made, and I am unpacking a bunch of these situations as well because every positive person says the same thing. So I'm sure everything that you've talked about, we're going to talk about it dig a little deeper just because I'm his life coach. So he has a 20% life coach. Okay. Um, I'm on TikTok so you can see me and my family dancing having a good time for now until the own network, network's calling me. 
Got you. Okay. And what is your Instagram and TikTok name? My both TikTok and Instagram is Echo Riley, E-I-K-O-R-I-L-E-Y. Awesome. Okay. And that is where the audience can find you. Um, my other question for you, what would you say is the hardest lesson you had to learn within love and relationships? Forgiveness. Forgiveness. Do you want to elaborate on that? Well, um, you had to follow the rest of the story of the podcast. But okay. forgiveness is it's a genuine emotion. You everybody can say that I forgive you and I'm sorry, but if you don't mean it deeply. If you don't really, really, really forgive the person, then every time you see that person, your heartbeat's going to beat a little differently because you didn't forgive them. But if you forgive them, then you can see the person with no malice and say, hey, I forgive you, but you cannot attach to me. Mm. Got you. Okay. So you guys got to follow her podcast for the rest of the story. She's not going to give up the goods on playing for keeps. So I feel you. It's okay. Echo, I want to thank you for coming on and you're, for giving us your time today. No problem. It was so nice to meet you. It was nice you. to meet you too. Okay, everybody. And until next time. Thank you for tuning in to today's show. If you like this podcast, please download and subscribe. If there's anything you would like to talk about in regards to relationships or would like to be a guest on the show to speak on relationships or get advice, you can always connect via social media at Playing for Keeps or email DJ at info at P, the number four, K, dating.com. Thank you for tuning in and bye for now.